Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. All right, good morning, Antioch. Man, it's going to be a great morning together. It's so good to be here with you. And uh, my name is James Albright, as Graydon said. I'm the Life Group Pastor and the Director of International Initiatives here. And I love this church family. And I miss you guys. I can't wait to be back together to fill this room up. Man, it's going to be a party when that day comes. I can't wait. And until that time, I just want to brag on our Life Groups because they're blowing and going. They're doing great all around our city right now. People are growing up and as, as disciples, as followers of Jesus because of our life groups. And so if you're not yet connected to one of our life groups, man, now is a great time to get connected to one. And here's one other plug here that our life group leaders are the most creative, innovative, dynamic, amazing leaders around. And we love them. And so if you have not sent a text message or called your life group leader to encourage them in the, in the last uh, 24 hours, then go ahead and do that right now. I'm serious. Go, you can text in, in church. It's okay. Go ahead and send them a text and tell them how much you love them and how thankful you are for them because they're doing amazing in the middle of this pandemic. It's an amazing time. All right. Well, uh, in case we have not had a chance to meet, I want to introduce my family to you real quick. My beautiful wife is actually here with us this morning, Laura Albright of 18 years, the most beautiful and talented woman on the face of the planet. Sorry, everybody else. So she's right there. So thankful for We've been married for 18 years coming up here in September. And we have three beautiful daughters who are 14, 13, and 10. They're amazing. And I love being their dad. They're at home right now watching. Love you guys. All right. So we're going to jump in here. Uh, well, one other thing here I wanted to do for us together as the Director of International Initiatives, I wanted to take a minute here just to pray for our church planners. As you can imagine right now, international travel and, 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 that, and international, just being out in the nations right now can be a very challenging thing. And so we want to pray that our guys would get back into their nations. Many of them that are here in the States, some are newly trained church planners who are ready to go and cannot get back, cannot get into their new nations. And, and we even have some who are trying to get back into the States here this fall. So we want to pray that all of our church planners would be able to get into those different nations, into every place where they need to go. So would you guys join with me in praying right now for our church planners, for the borders to open. So join with me and pray wherever you're at. Father, we thank you that you are in charge, that you are Lord of all. And we pray right now that borders would open now in the name of Jesus for every single one of our church planners, that every single one of them would get where they need to go in the time they need to go there. We pray you would provide uh, visas. We pray you would provide the finances and that borders would open, pathways would open in the mighty name of Jesus for your kingdom's increase in the nations of the earth. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Things just shifted. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, we've been in this amazing uh, sermon series called We Are the Church. And this has been a time for us to dig in on characteristics and principles of the church based on the word of God so that we understand more about who we really are as the people of God. And what a great time for us to be able to do that when everything has changed, right? Sunday mornings look a little different than they used to. Life groups look a little different than they used to. Every, the way that we have done things has changed. 
And so now we want to be able to dig in and look at what does it really mean to be the people of God based on the Word of God. And so today we're going to dive into another key aspect of that, of who the church is. And that is that we as the people of God are a people of prayer, a people of prayer. This is a key aspect for us here at Antioch, Fort Worth. Man, we, we dig in in prayer. We deeply believe in this value. And we want, and this is a big deal for us as the people of God, Big C Church. So we want to be able to dig in on this. We're going to look at Acts chapter 12 to do that. And, you know, the Holy Spirit's really been stirring us as leaders here over the last couple of weeks on this topic in particular. We've really sensed that there's just this stirring in us to begin to pray. And I don't know about you guys, but I felt a little complacency that has settled in over the last few months. And we felt that the Holy Spirit has been stirring us, not just as leaders, but as a people to pray. And so I want to bring us in on that and call us up into that. But I also want to bring you into my own journey of how uh, prayer became something I felt like I needed to encourage the church in this morning. So I know it's maybe a little bit vulnerable for you, and for me, that is, uh, but I want to bring you into kind of a low point, a little bit of an embarrassing point for me here in the pandemic. Are you guys okay with that? Maybe a little, little COVID confessional moment, if you will. You know, so hey, let me just give you the context for uh, what this low point was for me. So 2020 has been kind of quite a year. It's for my family and I. And uh, really the, the pandemic, of course, has happened for all of us. We've all been dealing with that. But in addition to that, my youngest daughter has had some significant medical issues here for the majority of this year. We had multiple appliances break in our house. We had a roof leak. We had an ant infestation. I mean, I could literally go on and tell you some of the crazy things that have not happened to me in other years, but here we are in 2020. And one night in June, it all came to a head. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the kitchen and I hear my wife call to me from, the, from another room. And it's that voice that you know, oh no, something's wrong. It's that panicked voice, James! So I come running, I don't know what's going on, I come running in and she just points and there I see all these, what we soon discover, what we find out are ant babies, basically, ant babies, all, like, all over. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Another thing, are you joking with me? And in that moment, out of the, just the overflow of my heart, what was deep down inside of me, I lifted my fist up to the heavens and I shook it and I yelled, 2020! And that's what Laura did. She laughed at me. She had this smirk on her face like, do you think you're in a Shakespearean tragedy right now? So when I came to my senses and realized that, okay, I'm not in a low budget soap opera. I don't have to, you know, whatever that was, I realized, wow. There's more going on in me than I thought. I thought I was doing okay with all this, but there's some tension and some pressure in me. And you know, the fact is, is that we're all going to walk through and are walking through challenging times. And these, the question is not for if we're going to walk through those times. The question for us is when, and then how will we respond? How will we respond in those times? And perhaps an even deeper question would be, where do we look for peace 
in the midst of those challenging times. So my burden today for us is not just to call us to be a people of prayer, though that very much so is what's on my heart and what we believe is what's, what God's doing right now in us. But my heart is that we would learn and, and we would wake up to running to him first in prayer, that this would be actually like an act of worship, that we would worship God by running to him first for our peace, our comfort, our security, everything that's needed in the midst of these times right now. And so the main thing for us today is that in all circumstances, God is calling us to be a people of prayer who run to him first in prayer and who rest in the reality of his lordship, who rest in the reality of his lordship. So to walk through this, we're going to look at Acts chapter 12. So I want to encourage you, grab your Bibles right now, open them up. We're going to do the first 17 verses. But before we do so, I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would guide us and shape us through the reading of his word. So join with me as we pray. Father, would you shape us this morning? Spirit of God, come and have your way in us. God, we pray right now that you would shape us as we read your word, that you would awaken us to your purposes of prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, let's read Acts chapter 12 together here, verses 1 through 17. Read with me. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that this was met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. And after arresting him, he put him to prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. And so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. And then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him, Peter followed him out of the prison, and he had no idea that what was happening, he thought that it was a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and it opened for them, opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When, that had, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. And Peter knocked at the outer entrance and the servant named Rhoda came to the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed and she ran back without opening the door and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. But when she kept insisting that it was so, they said, well, it must be his angel. So here, just pause just a minute. They thought he was dead is what happened there. That's a faith-filled prayer meeting, isn't it? You know, they thought he was, the guy they were praying for was dead. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. 
Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. Wow, what a story, huh? That's amazing what God did. So in this time right now, we're gonna look at two characteristics of a people of prayer. And so our first characteristic is a people of prayer rest in the reality that Jesus is Lord. They rest in the reality that Jesus is Lord. So the first person we meet in this story here is King Herod. And we've heard of King Herod before. This is actually Herod's grandfather, who the same Herod who was at the time when Jesus was born and killed all of the young boys. Uh, so this is a family of rulers. He's a puppet ruler put in place by Rome in order to bring peace and order to that region. And Herod started to persecute the church. But why, why did he suddenly do this? Because we don't see that happening in the book of Acts so far. Well, suddenly he started doing it because he believed that the church was a political threat. And you think, why would he think that they're a political threat? The deal is, is that every time they declared that Jesus is Lord, to him, they were making a political statement because they were saying Jesus is Lord and not Caesar and not Herod and not anybody else. It's Jesus. He is Lord. And so this was something that was, it was actually coming for Herod. It was, it was a political showdown. So he arrested James, killed him, one of the leaders. This is James, the son, uh, the son of Zebedee, James and John, sons of thunder. And then, so one of the leaders of the church, and then they arrested Peter as well and put him behind bars. And I think the church, they probably all thought the same thing. Man, this might be it for Peter. This might be the end. Their back was up against a wall and all the people were happy about it as well. So they were not in a good season. So after James had been killed and Herod was arrested, yeah, so we talked about that. So what does it say, though, that they did in verse 5? It says that Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying. They began to earnestly pray. In the face of pressure and challenge, the church turns its face to Jesus and begins to pray. Why do they do that? Because they know who is Lord. They are settled in the reality that Jesus is Lord and that we don't know how this situation is gonna turn out. Surely they prayed for James as well and he was put to death. But we know that you are Lord and we know that you are good. So they were settled in this fact. So I want you to hear this today, church. Being settled in the Lordship of Jesus is the foundation for our life of prayer with Jesus and our relationship with him. Being settled in, our, in the lordship of Jesus Christ, it is the very foundation of who we are as people of God. And so church, I wanna lovingly challenge us today. Are you guys up for a little challenge? Here we go. I wanna talk to us about where we're putting our confidence in times of trial like we're walking through right now. Are we resting in the lordship of Jesus or are we running to social media to be able to get our voice heard out there because we feel the need to be justified? We wanna be the most right. Are we running and are we resting in the lordship of Jesus? Are we getting as much news as we possibly can so that we can feel like we're in control of our situation? Are we resting in the lordship of Jesus or are we resting in the size of our bank accounts to save us for our future? to secure our future? Are we resting in the lordship of Jesus 
or are we putting our hope in a political policy, party, or candidate? Church, none of those things are wrong. Social media, news, bank account, none of those things are wrong. The issue happens when, it, when, we, get, when we put it out of order. And Jesus is not Lord, but those things become idols. That's where the issue happens. So church, God has called us to be a people of prayer who rest in God. There's so much more that could be said about that right there. But we are called to rest in him as Lord. Because when we rest in him, then we are no longer coming to him from a place of panic, but we are coming to him from a place of peace. This is as much about us and our relationship with him as it is about us and our emotional health. So this leads us to our second point. Let's get that second point. A people of prayer turn to God first in prayer. A people of prayer turn to God first in prayer. So back into our story here in in Acts chapter 12. The, The church runs to prayer first from this place of resting in the lordship of Jesus. And before they ran to any political reform, before they ran to talking bad about Herod or Caesar or anybody else, before they did fight, flight, or freeze, which that, can we relate to those in these times? Those are often our responses to difficult times. Fight, flight, or freeze. Before they did any of that, the church ran to prayer. They ran to God first. And wow, what a result, right? Peter was rescued from what was sure to be certain death. So I remember a time vividly, and I'm sure many of you here in this room do, when we were praying, when Dana Curry and Heather Mercer were imprisoned in Afghanistan in 2001. And Dana and Heather were Antioch church planters, sent out of Antioch, Waco. And as soon as the news hit, the lead pastor at Antioch, Waco, uh, Jimmy Seibert, he called the church to pray. And man, it was just like what we, experience, what we see here in Acts chapter 12. The church was praying night and day for the, for the girls to be released and for the nation of Afghanistan. It was awesome. It was, it was scary because we wanted them to be rescued, but it was also this amazing time of unity, coming together and praying for them and praying for that nation. And then what a party, you know, when they were let free, when they were set free. And it was an amazing time for all of us. I also, you know, here just bringing you in on my own story. Recently, some of you know that our youngest daughter, as I mentioned before, had been walking through some serious medical struggles. And of course, we'd been praying for her. And the the short version is that in the beginning of January, mid-January or so, she began to have headaches and dizziness that were so debilitating that it caused her where she, she didn't feel stable walking and she needed the stability of a walker to get around. So for the majority of February and about half of March, this was her reality. And doctors did all kinds of tests and studies. We went to the hospital many times, many different doctors, physical therapists of all kinds, and they could not figure out what was going on, what was the source of this issue. Well, during the the last churchwide prayer and fast in March, uh, I was praying one morning on my own for her healing And I just saw in my mind's eye, just a picture came to mind. And and I saw a group of us here in the auditorium. And we were here in the front of the auditorium. And there was a group coming around her and laying hands on her and praying for her. And what I felt, what I interpreted that as was, 
And then in that moment, she's going to be healed. Well, a couple days later, on the last night of the prayer and fast, as, as you know, if you've done a prayer and fast here with us on Wednesday night, we do a big prayer and worship meeting. They're awesome right here in this room. They're so fun. And so we were together and we were praying for one another in that moment. And I'm up at the front of the auditorium, but my family's not always up there with me. Usually I'm up here. And then that they, suddenly I look and I see my wife and my daughter, my youngest daughter, who are there and a, and a number of people are beginning to come around her and lay hands on her and begin to pray for her healing. And I thought, okay, wow, this is what the Lord showed me. This is that moment. And so I came over and I got down on my knees and I put my head on her feet and just began to cry out to the Lord for her healing. And she didn't, she didn't walk that night on her own. She didn't walk on her, no, on her own. But I, but I was, and I was a little discouraged. But I began to just continue to pray and we prayed Laura and I and others were praying with us. The church was coming around us. Lord, we know you're good. We're settled in your lordship. Do you, Lord, we pray you would make things right in, in her body. Well, a week later, March the 12th. So that was March 4th. On March 12th, a Thursday afternoon, we're at a state, state park with some of our good friends. And, and our youngest daughter looks at us and she says, Mom, Dad, I, I want to try to walk without the walker. We're like, babe, are you sure? Just like, I want to try. I think I can do it. I feel good. Like, okay, okay. And so we put the walker to the side. We grab her by the hand just to stabilize her. And that kid started walking on her own. And she did not stop walking on her own. She kept going with the exception of just a couple of days, about a month or so later, she just kept on walking. And even to this day, we have seen her, uh, the dizziness is gone and the headaches are gone. So we're continuing to pray for just whatever that was, just full, perfect healing. But we give all glory to God for his healing hand on her. Was it all the doctors? Was it all the hand of God? I don't know. But what I do know is that on March 4th, we cried out together as a church for her. And on March 12th, that kid started walking. And so I give all glory to God for his healing power, his touch on her life in the midst of this trial. So church, we're in, in the face of trials, we're called to run to the Lord first. We're called to run to him first, and it's an act of worship to do so. God loves it when we partner together with him in prayer. And in fact, in Matthew 16, 19, it says that we have been given the keys of the kingdom. So we, this is authority that he has given us. We have the authority to bind things up on earth as it is in heaven, or to loose things on earth as it is in heaven. What this means is that I have authority in my family, and we can bring the kingdom of God in and through these keys of the kingdom because of what he has said about us, because of what he's done for us on the cross. We have authority to be able to pray and release things into our family, release the kingdom into our neighborhoods, release things into our places of work, release things into our city, into our nation, and into the nations, wherever we have a say-so. And God says that we have a say-so. So we have been given these keys. These keys. So church, I want to call us to something. We must not abdicate our authority as children of God to bind and loose things on earth as they are in heaven. We must not abdicate that authority. And it's time, in fact, for us to rise up. I'm calling us up. And in this season where fear, 
unrest, disunity, and offense are the loudest voices that are out there. It is time for us as the people of God to rise up and to pray for the release of the kingdom. This does not mean that we use the same weapons that the world uses. It doesn't mean that we need to yell like they're yelling. But what we do, in fact, according to Ephesians 6, is we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against powers, rulers, and authorities of this dark world. And we have been called then to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We have been called to stand. We've been called to put on the full armor of God. And this is another way of us saying that we are called to be, to, be, to be fully secure in our identity as sons and daughters of God. We have been given that as a right, as an authority. And it's good news. It is good news. We are called to pray from this place of rest, knowing full well that he's Lord over the situation. And so we can rest in him and release the kingdom of God into our situations. We can't guarantee the results. We don't know how it'll all work out, but we can guarantee that whatever it is, he is good and he will work out all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes, according to Romans 8. All right. I want to give you a couple practical things here as we wrap this up. So first is going to be an individual thing. Second will be a corporate. So first... For us personally, I want to just bring you into this practice that I've been doing over the last uh, few months, maybe six to nine months or so. I call it gratitude and petition. So in the morning, I wake up and I pull out my journal and I write the word gratitude in there. And then I list out three to five things that, are, uh, that I'm just thankful for over the last 24 hours. And this, just, this helps me to wake up to what, how the Lord is moving in my day in the last 24 hours. So it's usually things like, Thank you, Lord, for that, that little conversation with my daughter or for that moment with Laura or for, that, for the way that you provided for us yesterday, those types of things. And then I write the word petition and I do the same thing, three to five things where I need the Lord to move in my life, personally, in church, in whatever sphere it might be where I have a say-so. And I write those things out. And then I just pause and I pray it back to him. So I'll just say, Jesus I want to be like the leper who came back and said, thank you. So right now in this moment, I want to thank you for these things. And I read it to him, tell him those things. And then I get to the petitions and I do the same thing, but I say this first, and this, I really want you to hear this. Say, Jesus, because I look to you as my source, I'm coming to you right now. And I want this to be like an act of worship for me to come to you with these petitions. So I, I, and I read those off and I say, and I thank you in advance, for that you will provide everything that's needed right now. And that, in that way, in this type of prayer, I am coming to him from a place of gratitude and from a place of peace and rest, and I'm saying to him that you and you alone are my only source. And that's like an act of worship to him. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful practice. I invite you into it. Secondly, is for us here corporately, I'm going to call this the 610 challenge. So we're going to try this on this week. Seven days of practicing the 610 challenge. So Matthew 610 says, uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray. And he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're calling the church to pray this kingdom prayer, Matthew 610, every day, twice a day, once at 610 a.m., 
and 6.10 p.m. For those of you who are not early birds, that's right, I said 6.10 a.m. It's going to be okay. Just set your little alarm on your phone, that type of thing. Pray that kingdom prayer or hit us up at 6.10 p.m. if you need to. But we're going to pray these prayers. I've given the communication team seven specific ways that we can kind of lock into that together but, and you'll get that uh, through different forms of media, online, things like that. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But what if, I just want you to imagine, what if for seven days we dug in and we prayed in this way, the kingdom prayer, Matthew 6.10, at 6.10 a.m., 6.10 p.m., and began to see and pray for the kingdom of God to be released, to pray that the pandemic would end, to pray that the build that we the church would be built up and strengthened, that life groups would multiply, that there would be a blessing on our city, on our nation, that the that the uh, borders would open up and our late, our church planners would be able to get into every nation that they're called to go. Those types of things, we're going to pray those things. Imagine what would happen. I think the church in Acts 12 was pretty surprised. Clearly, when Peter came knocking on the door that evening. What would happen for us if we just dug in and prayed for these seven days? And hey, maybe it's just the beginning. Maybe it's a couple weeks, a month, or longer. Does that sound good? Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to respond to the Lord. Uh, Aaron, if you want to come on up, we're going to just have a little bit of time just to reflect here, just to listen to the Lord and what He's doing. So, you know, again, I just want to say we're, we sense the Holy Spirit blowing on this. We sense the Holy Spirit blowing on this, that this is a time for us to rise up as the church, to be a people of prayer, to be who we're called to be. And what great news it is that he has called us children of God and that he has invited us in to partner with him in what he's doing right now in our city, in our neighborhoods, in our nation and in the nations. It's great news. I'm so thankful. And I know that that's who we are as a people here at Antioch, Fort Worth. And so I want to encourage you, let's just take a moment here, just even 15 seconds, and just pause and listen. Father, I pray you would speak every living room, every place, Lord, right now where people are listening and watching. Would you speak to us? Just ask, Father, what's my next step in walking this out and being a person of prayer? I want to continue to encourage I want to encourage you to continue to listen but perhaps he's showing you that you've been looking to something other than him for your peace and your security and he's calling you back to himself or perhaps he's calling you to pray in a specific way right now in this season to not settle down or be lethargic but to rise up and to be that and to pray to be that person of prayer that he's called us to be Whatever it is that he's saying, may we be a people who walk, who don't just hear the word of the Lord, but actually respond to it, who walk in it. So Lord, would you come? We're just going to pray for us here as we go. Lord, would you come? Would you meet us, Father? I pray that in every heart you would speak to us, that you would stir up the purposes of prayer in our hearts. You would stir us up, remind us who we are, and we'd pray from that place. We would run to you first, Lord. I pray that we would be a people who run to you first and that would be an act of worship, act of love to you. Father, I bless us as a church to walk in the rest of God, 
to know our identity as children of God, to walk in our authority that, he's, that you have given us. Lord, I bless us to turn to you and you alone as our source of comfort, security, peace, and hope. We pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, church. It's been great. I love being with you. I love you guys. I pray you have a great Sunday. Go in peace.